Kia ora, I'm Bernard Hickey and welcome to The Kaka. This is my daily podcast and email newsletter for paid subscribers. Today I wanted to talk about uh, what's happening with Three Waters. Just to revisit this ongoing saga and try to uh, understand and explain uh, what's going on behind the scenes. This morning you'll hear that a working group has come back with a set of recommendations for the minister, Nanaya Mahuta, about how to tweak Three Waters to try to calm everyone down out in provincial New Zealand who are opposed to it. More than half of the councils and the mayors are opposed to Three Waters, which will see their water assets moved into brand new publicly owned entities, which they won't have much control over in future. Now, it does mean that the debt attached to those uh, water assets will move over and they can then blame those uh, water entities for any water charges that are put put through. But um, certainly uh, the aim here is to fund and um, build entities which can do the $150 billion worth of investment that's expected over the next 20 to 30 years to A... Uh, repair the underinvestment over the last 30 years and also deal with whatever population growth and water quality improvements we want to make over the next 20 or 30 years. So let's step back a bit here and and try to understand what's going on. Uh, Firstly, uh, we obviously have a problem with water quality. Uh, The Havelock North uh, incident um, sparked another look at it. And what was discovered that um, systematically both the central government and councils over the last 30 years have underinvested in their water infrastructure to uh, not only deal with population growth, which was faster than everyone expected, but also to continually upgrade water quality and deal with issues around uh, dirty rivers, uh, dirty streams and in cities, uh, problems with, you know, coastal, um, uh, basically poo in the water in, in on the coast, uh, all sorts of um, problems with our water, which, which need to be invested in. Now, one reason for all of this is that the government obviously wants to try and solve the water issues because you don't build many more houses, particularly on the edge of town, unless you've got someone to invest in the three waters infrastructure and one of the reasons uh, housing supply has not responded to demand is that councils in particular have been very reluctant to pay for the infrastructure needed for these houses but also to improve water quality and deal with previous population growth so what they've done typically is load up uh, new developments with heavy development contributions which um, increases the cost of a home and also make sure that the um, councils uh, don't bear all the load of the extra infrastructure spending in the form of higher debt and higher rates. So um, it makes sense to find some solution to try to uh, build the water infrastructure needed for all this housing. Uh, secondly, um, you know there is a problem with water quality in New Zealand and the money has to be uh, spent. Now, the best way to um, to find the money to invest in water infrastructure is to borrow it. 
and then effectively charge for water over a long time and uh, pay for the interest on the debt. Uh, that is the most efficient, cheapest and fairest way to pay for long-term infrastructure, particularly public infrastructure where, where there are hard to identify and carve out public benefits and you can um, uh, get a regular income stream which bond investors love because then they can be sure they're going to get repaid their money and get a regular dividend I suppose you'd call it we'd call it a, an interest payment uh, on that debt and just in, just so you know there is enormous demand globally for these sorts of bonds the sort of debt uh, attached to um, water roading public transport uh, infrastructure, in fact, all government bonds, uh, because a lot of investors are getting older and they like government bonds more than riskier shares and other investments. And uh, also, um, a lot of pension funds effectively have mandates which say they can only invest in government bonds. In fact, the big problem at the moment is that there aren't enough government bonds uh, to buy, i.e. not enough government debt. For them to um, lend money to governments to do their thing. Uh, that's partly because central banks have been <laughs> buying up all the government bonds, but also there is just not enough debt issuance by governments. Now you may think that's a strange thing to hear because you hear all the time all around the place that government debt is rising and it's bad and it'll have to be repaid by future generations and it'll mean there have to be tax increases to pay for all this extra debt. Well, that's simply not true, uh, because the best way to fund infrastructure now that is useful for future generations for hundreds of years to come, potentially, is to borrow the money now for a long period, typically 10, 20, 30 years, the longer the better, I think, and then essentially smear the cost as you go out into the future. Now, there is this concern that, um, you know, well, at some point there's going to have to be a, a moment of reckoning when people repay the debt. Well, that's not how government bonds work, actually. Uh, people issue bonds, and then when it comes time to repay the debt, they um, often um, issue new bonds to pay the debt. The real issue to watch is how much the debt is costing year by year. And at the moment, New Zealand's public debt costs are less than 1% of GDP. And our net public debt at a government level is uh, headed very soon, within a year or two, for 30% of GDP. That is less than half of the levels of other countries with our AAA credit rating. So we have very, very low public debt uh, compared to the rest of the world, and that's one of the reasons why our interest rates are relatively low for government debt. They're higher than they were a couple of years ago, but they're still much lower then if a private company was to go out and try and buy money um, or borrow money to build infrastructure. And it's the same with councils. Councils are seen as reliable payers of their uh, interest payments on uh, government debt, and they also have relatively high credit ratings, not quite as high usually as the government, but um, also plenty of demand for those bonds. Now what's, what's happened here with Three Waters, I think, is that Instead of just using the existing entities which own those water assets, and they are councils and, in effect, uh, the government um, in the long run, uh, instead of just borrowing the money using the government's balance sheet with boring old 
government bonds, 10-year government bonds, uh, and then doling the money out to councils to build this infrastructure, or even the councils doing the borrowing themselves. Um, uh, instead of doing that, uh, the government has done a interesting jujitsu backflippy move, which means that uh, it will get these four new entities to borrow the money and impose the water charges to pay that debt. Now, there's um, um, there's a reason for this. What? And you may ask the question: well, Why don't they just borrow the money off the existing uh, balance sheets, the council and the government? Well, that is a good question, uh, which I keep asking. And the guts of the reason why they're doing it this way is because they don't want to have a real discussion with voters about what's going on here. Uh, what's going on is that we need to borrow $150 billion over the next 20 to 30 years to improve our water infrastructure. It just has to be done. Someone has to do it. We've all agreed it has to be done. And the best way to do that is with debt. But it's very easy for uh, uh, council candidates and mayoral candidates to, to run a debt scare and a rating scare campaign to get into office. And for 30 years, both sides of politics have run debt scare campaigns, public debt scare campaigns, along the lines of, uh, if we borrow this money, it will cost us huge amounts in future. The, uh, we, you know, we're forcing the taxpayers of tomorrow to pay for it. It will inevitably mean tax increases, which is simply not true. Um, our debt now is um, a fifth of what it was in the early 1990s relative to GDP. And uh, our cost of uh, funding that debt is even lower than that. Uh, and that's because... Uh, um, interest rates are lower, but also because uh, we have repaid our debt and run very light infrastructure investment programs. Now, it's coming back to hurt us because, you know, our water quality is not great and we should have invested a lot of that money into fixing our water quality. So um, what actually should be happening is that councils and the government should be having a proper conversation with voters and say, we need to invest $150 billion in improving our water quality and we want to borrow to do it. Now that means that there will be higher debt at government and council level and it will cost us this little bit extra in rates now. But it means that you'll have quality water and future generations will have the assets they need to survive, including houses by the way, because of course you don't build a house without having built the water infrastructure first. This really is a housing story. Sadly, like most stories, they're always about housing. And, uh, but to do that, you have to borrow and invest with public infrastructure. And to do that, you need higher debt. Uh, and the government doesn't want to have this debate because it knows it's so easy for an opposition, and we've already seen it with uh, Christopher Luxon, to run a debt scare campaign. Secondly, and this really is the dirty little secret of this whole debate, neither party wants to have a proper debate about how much we want our population to grow from migration. It's politically explosive from both sides. So you could argue the centre-right, particularly in provinces, doesn't want um, the population to rise for all sorts of reasons. Um, I don't want those people living near me. I don't want them to clog up my roads. Uh, uh, 
on the one side and on the other side um a whole bunch of people say um you know we uh we don't want all these people to come because it uh, depresses our wages uh and because it puts extra pressure on infrastructure all of which are true to various degrees but if you're going to plan for a certain amount of infrastructure and borrowing you need to really know and be able to control the growth of your population now that is hard because we can't make people have babies and we certainly can't make New Zealanders stay in New Zealand so they can come and go as they please and there's a million overseas who in theory could come back uh, but we can control the number of uh, people who come in on work visas or on uh, or who get given residency visas. And for the last 20 years, just quietly, uh, governments of both colours have been using migration as a cheap way to juice GDP growth and asset prices and economic activity and to do it with low wages and low interest rates. And it's worked. The trouble is, um, when you do that without investing in infrastructure, you get an almighty mess. And that's where we are with very high house prices, with congestion in our biggest cities, and with poor water quality. So, we need to invest. So, two things need to happen. The government needs to have a proper debate with the public about using higher debt to pay for infrastructure in the long run. Secondly, both parties need to come to an agreement really because um, these sorts of population policies and migration policies need to be bipartisan come to an agreement about how fast they want to grow the population from migration and then once those decisions are made get ahead with planning 20 to 30 years of building infrastructure to improve our water quality and ensure that our houses are built how hard is that well, it's been too hard for the government. That's why they're doing three waters. Now, you may have um, thought, as I said the word dirty little secret, and the real reason for this, that it was uh, something else. And there's a bunch of people, sadly, who believe that uh, three waters is some sort of um, secret trick to hand assets back to iwi and to give uh, tangata whenua control or even ownership of water. That is wrong. Um, it's been done in a very public way. And uh, the, um, the it's not a gifting or a granting or a um, handing over or ownership of water. It is joint management of water assets in a way that's consistent with the Treaty of Waitangi. We're going to be rem remotely serious about how we... Um, um, live together in this country for the long run and water is one of those fundamental things that we all have an interest in and certainly Tangata Whenua do and the examples of where it's been used it's been very successful uh, the Waikato, the West Coast uh, these are examples where joint management has not led to you know rorting of water charges or sales of assets or you know all sorts of um, you know blockages and uh, disputes um, it has led to people working together understanding the problems and trying to fix them as grown-ups do and uh, I think it's unfortunate now that Three Waters has been 
thrown into a bucket of complaints from provincial New Zealand around all sorts of things, ute taxes, uh, water policies, um, and unfortunately it got wound up in the whole anti-vax, anti-mandate um, issues as well. So I uh, just wanted to uh, say out there that um, this really is not about uh, some sort of um, asset grab by iwi or even some sort of privatisation plan. Now the news today that's come out is that this group has recommended that councils get shares in these four new water entities which would allow them to essentially block any attempt by any other council uh, or the overall group uh, from an asset sale which is fair enough. That's been one of the concerns people have raised that if their assets are handed over to these unaccountable institutions or less accountable institutions they will um, uh, they will uh, uh, you know be privatized and you know that's been the, that was the history over the last 20 or 30 years um, the corporatization of state assets often inevitably led to privatization and we've seen that particularly with our big um, big power generators I personally think that was a mistake uh, to do that and uh, but uh, that's happened and that's why there's so much wariness and scepticism about the um, argument from the government that they have no plans to privatise anything. The other underlying uh, issue here is that the guts of it is uh, most New Zealand councils, apart from a couple of exceptions, and Auckland is one, uh, Tauranga is the most recent one, and uh, Kapiti Coast, I understand, is, uh, is also one. These are councils who have uh, put in water meters and started imposing water charges. Now, it's really easy to get, become a councillor or a mayor if you campaign against water charges. And one of the reasons for Three Waters is to essentially take that political hot potato out of the hands of councils and hand it to a you know, hard-to-see, easy-to-blame, uh, centralised body. Uh, effectively, this is the one uh, thing that the government can argue credibly is going for three waters is that it effectively takes the political heat out of councils and lumps it into these four central bodies when water charges come. I think water charges are a good idea. They help um, manage demand and mean that you don't have to build quite so much infrastructure because lo and behold when you have to pay for the water you suddenly find the leaks in the holes which is great uh, and it's clearly worked in Auckland. That's the other thing that's uh, news today, I suppose, from uh, this Three Waters announcement that uh, Phil Goff, the Mayor of Auckland, has put out his own dissenting report um, with this working group, which essentially says we don't think it's fair that we invested a lot in water over the last 15 years. Um, a lot of other councils didn't, and we're being punished for um, their failure to invest in their own infrastructure. And when, all, when it, the wash-up happens, um, we're going to have hardly any control of the Auckland water assets in the new um, Upper North Island Water Authority, and we won't be able to control how the assets are developed or, or what happens. Because essentially, when you put control of water into a centralised body, you are putting decisions about the growth of your city, where it grows, how fast it grows, into the hands of um, people you can't directly elect. And you can see why people are, are wary of it. So that's my uh, thoughts on the latest uh, Three Waters um, uh, burp and fart and a very long process of lots of burps and farts. And uh, I'll keep watching the various 
emissions coming from government on this. My, I don't have a particularly strong view about whether or not this is going to be enough to get three waters over the line. In a way, it's too late. The government thought that they could get this through um, relatively quietly and without too much grief well before uh, this year's council elections. That didn't happen. It was obviously a big blowback from the regions last year. And uh, the thing's been delayed into uh, later this year for legislation and creation of these bodies. And the unfortunate thing for the government is that it's quite likely Three Waters becomes one of the key areas of debate in the council elections and that it'll be really easy for a bunch of councillors to um, run uh, privatisation, water charges and... um, iwi asset grab scare campaigns uh, in in the elections, which um, could hurt the government politically uh, centrally and, of course, could lead to changes in the makeups of various councils, which unwind a lot of the good work that's been done with prov- more, more progressive and often younger, more inner-city urban uh, councils that we've seen over the last um, four or five years. So... Um, In my view, this is a failure of political courage from both main parties, which is resulting in a new uh, morass of of an attempt to reform the problem, uh, hoping that it can be done without having the real debates. And uh, it's quite possible we still won't have the real debates. Uh, but it's going to cost the government. And uh, as we've seen the polls in the last six months or so, the government's lead has been whittled away to not much at all, depending on which poll you look at. In fact, the Roy Morgan poll that came out on uh, Monday night showed that National were actually head of Labour. Now, it's one poll that a lot of people in Wellington don't trust, but certainly the other polls, if you put them all together, have seen the narrowing of the gap between National and Labour, particularly since the election of Christopher Luxon as leader, down from you know around 10, 15 percentage points to not much, so less than five percentage points. And uh, the, now the 2023 election is clearly live. Um, the government could lose it, whereas that wasn't the case six months ago. Three Waters is, of course, only one of the factors in there, along with COVID and housing and child poverty and um, all sorts of things. But it's one of those underlying themes that's being hammered by the government's critics who say this is a centralising nanny state government which won't listen to people in the regions, that hates farmers, hates ute ute drivers and uh, simply wants to get its hands on your assets and not be accountable for it. And uh, sadly, this is one of the um, themes that's been lumped in with a whole bunch of other themes, which um, are not really addressing the core issues, in part because um, neither party wants to have those tough decision, tough debates about both public debt and migration. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was the Kaka my daily podcast and email newsletter for paid subscribers. Thank you uh, for your support in um, covering issues such as housing unaffordability, climate change inaction, and child poverty reduction. And of course, the water debate, infrastructure investment uh, is a key one in the housing uh, and climate change debates. 
because you don't build suburbs or reinvigorate brownfields areas or build great new cities that are not going to reduce lots of carbon emissions and keep everyone healthy and uh, happy and living in an affordable place unless you've dealt with these water issues. Kakite anō.